1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And
2: sometimes the tails can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kitties around. And f- thank you for listening. Oh,
1: let's go. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we
0: are the number one show. So drop your body it's footy footy, it's time to get this party started It's the footy footy, time to get this party started With Chad and Jim and Crackers J.C. Cause oh, we know and all we talk about is footy footy It's time to get this party started tonight
1: You're listening to Footy Prime News and Dubs Your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs Yeah, that's Amy Walsh Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix no, that's it's good. It's us TSN hair. No, it's not. It is TSN hair.
3: Is it? Yeah, somebody's pretty prime hair hawed- now.
2: Somebody hot at pickup?
1: School? <laughs> no,
3: I barely stopped the van. I was <laughs> like, get out. Is, is the
1: van still rolling when you get <laughs> yeah. the kids out?
3: Basically. <laughs> There's only one, one good door in the van anyway. So they have to go at the left side, the driver's side. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> into traffic. <laughs>
3: yeah, directly into traffic.
1: So the breaking Lights, news yes. this morning is that Wonga's got diarrhea. <laughs> and That's he, he won't be attending Footy Prime today. <laughs> a bad dose of a uh, skanky sushi, apparently, last night. He's one big that, virus, isn't he? Isn't he? He is.
2: <laughs> gets, a lot st-
1: of,
0: <laughs> gets a lot of problems I man.
1: As I the, like uh, the listeners ago. can probably understand and, and guess he's been quite descriptive on the dark web this morning we won't regale the stories but let's just say wonger hashtag pray for wonger we hope you're okay we hope you're okay
2: bad sushi
1: that's probably the worst bad food to have isn't it if you're gonna get bad food bad sushi might be the worst no oh, it's got to be up there food
2: poisoning is the worst
3: was well, he at like an all-you-can-eat sushi place? Or a... there's, there's your problem. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Or well, well, a, in,
2: a hot, a man curry. He's uh... a guy who loves a deal. So when he sees 80% <laughs> off sushi at the grocery store, he's like, how can I lose? Well, you can lose a lot off. of
1: weight. <laughs> <laughs> and when they say, this, this white fish is delicious. Oh, no, that's salmon, sir. You probably shouldn't <laughs> eat it. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Anyway, we hope you're okay. Um, All right, so later today, we're going to be joined by Derek Martin, owner and president of HFX Wanderers, who earlier this week revealed plans for a new permanent stadium. Now it's going through the whole red tape bullshit of municipal, provincial maybe, politics? I don't know. We'll ask Derek all about it. But the stadium looks fantastic. A permanent home for one of the CPL's real success stories, so far, um, they need it, they should get it. because course, it's always some assholes causing problems, always, right? It's mm-hmm. always happens, someone's got to complain about something. So, we'll talk about that with, with Derek. Uh, is the, the stadium
2: going to be in the same location, Charms? Is, that's the,
1: is that the plan? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. The commons, right? And, and that's yeah. the issue. It's not so much about the stadium, the issues is with these, there's this group. Of do gooders who have nothing better to do, um, it's the location, I think, rather than the fact that there's a stadium being built, right? Even though there's been one for the last, what, five years, a rare
2: beetle or something mates there or something, (laughs) (laughs)
1: probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna save the Beatles, right? Ever since John was shot, yeah, you gotta do all you can to save the Beatles, um. Did you see this Alex Morgan tweet a couple of weeks ago? So Alex Morgan, yeah. right, one of the greatest football players in the world, she sends out a tweet whining and complaining about this terrible challenge, this leg-breaking challenge that wasn't even given as a penalty in her match. And, and Craig, you're just telling me, because I haven't actually done any research on this. Um, she's been fined
3: mm-hmm.
1: by NWSL for, for tweeting this out.
3: 500 but it bucks. kind of opens
1: up a whole Pandora's box, doesn't it? About is it okay now in, in modern society, in modern football, to go on social media and complain about a challenge? I don't
2: Obviously think it is. Obviously not. Obviously not. She got fined 500 bucks. And it was a strange one because it was, you know, out of all the challenges that we've seen, we've seen some pretty bad challenges, it wasn't that bad like she was like adamant it should like in what world is it that this isn't a red card and a penalty and all that i'm like well i don't know i think uh dubs or jimmy would have been pretty proud of that tackle
3: yeah I i would have i would have gotten stuck in exactly like that defender she takes a loose touch the defender comes in but it's the trail leg of the defender so that would have been okay say back when i was playing (laughs) When you were playing and Jimmy was playing, you can't do that anymore. Right. You're responsible for that trail leg. So is it a clattering challenge that's going to injure? I don't think potentially if her, she makes the comment that if her, that leg is planted, that that could be like, it's a hospital challenge, right? Like where like Mm -hmm. that's, those are ligaments gone. Um, But, but that's the game. But I, I think it speaks to a larger issue where it's the player frustration with, the lack of protection from the NWSL towards its players. So this is their first year with VAR. Did you guys know that?
1: First year. This is their, first, really, okay. this
3: is their first VAR season
1: yeah. in the
3: NWSL. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so she gets fined 500 bucks, which is, which is nothing for her. But I think it's just historically sort of this locking of horns with the NWSL and the NWSL PA, where they feel like they're very much at odds and the league does not support the players. Hmm. And this was a sort of a bubbling over of that.
1: I get Let that. Let me read out I the tweet, that. can I? Just, um, I'll, I'll post this on the socials. But the Will tweet, she says, uh, in what world is this not a penalty and red card or even a foul? Completely reckless and a leg going in for the tackle doesn't even get a ball when I cut her. Just glad I saw her coming and didn't plant on that leg or I'd 100% not be walking today.
3: Can you do it again yeah. in Alex Morgan's voice?
1: Um, with an accent? In what world is this not a penalty and red card or even a foul? How's that? Is that that Alex
0: Morgan?
1: (laughs) Height of condescension. Maybe more whiny. In what world is this not a penalty and a red card? Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Tell us how you feel about it, Charms, because I think your tone of voice tells us everything we need to know about how you feel about Alex Morgan.
1: It's a contact sport, Alex. Yeah, it's tough. It's a yeah. tough you know, sport. She needs to have just, a
2: better first touch.
0: I just want to know what what are you what are you going to get out of it?
1: I fine. What's the,
0: what's the point? What's the point of posting it? Negative every match got, every match has challenges. Every match has got bad tackles. I mean, where's the stop? Is everybody going to start doing that? You, you're not going to change it. You can't change a decision.
3: No, but the you point You just look
0: like a whiner right now.
3: I think she's willing to take that. I think it's calculated. How many followers does she have, Sharms?
1: Um mm-hmm. Let me see. Alex Morgan. So in comparison to Footy Prime, <laughs> no, she has three million two hundred and ninety five thousand more followers than Footy Prime.
3: That's why you tweet. You tweet even if you're going to get raked over the coals. You tweet even if you're wrong, but you're speaking to an issue about player safety. Mm. You know, may- maybe that's not the tackle, but she gets mm. to have a platform because of all of her followers. And then this is a, an incident where she's on the other end of it. So she's, she's been vocal in the past about supporting Manishim, about, you know, the all of the, the inquiry into the culture of abuse in NWSL. She was one of the leaders, on it, so this is a, this is a different thing. Yeah, sort I get of that. She, I know, but she's well practiced she in this. From. No, I I know, I, I get that, and I, I don't think it's it's a good look either. No. But I think it's I think it's a calculated move. With she, with three million followers, she's going to get everybody worked up into a lather, and this puts pressure on the NWSL.
1: But that's my problem though with it. That's this is modern society and football, right? This mm-hmm. this this I don't care, they, She could have had a leg broken, right? It could have been an awful, could have been a freaking uh, gun for a throat. You don't go on social media. It's a sport. It's a contact sport. It's happened forever, for these kind of tackles. Deal with mm-hmm. it off the pitch. Confront the person. Give them a call. Give them a text. To go public. Like, come on. Wh- where does it end? Now, I'm she's with, got all I'm this. The, 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 player she, the name of the player who, who, who tackled her hasn't got freaking 3 million followers on social media. <laughs> right is this, is this online bit is this online bullying
3: oh christ no i think missing the why point. why isn't it look I, what she did I to don't... me my
1: followers now take her on
3: i don't disagree with you sharms that she's fucking moaning about it like yeah. shut up just take it it is a contact sport fucking deal with it but the if you step back the larger issue is this league continually undermining the players and not protecting them like how is it you have a professional league and var is only coming in this year? Like, that speaks to larger issues that the, that the league have with officiating.
1: So this is just, so I think, too, a, right? I mean, it's,
0: yeah. it's financial. It's it's financial. It's the CPL right? doesn't even have VAR. They've been around five years.
2: I think, with, I think with, the, with that decision itself, if it goes to VAR, the referee makes a decision, fine. Now it goes to VAR, is it clear and obvious? No, it's absolutely not clear and obvious. So they're going to leave it alone. And I think that's the right decision under those circumstances with that challenge. If it was the other way around and they gave a penalty and a red card, I also think that bar would probably say that's fine because it's not clear and obvious the other way either. So I think that's where they
1: stand on that. And I I would agree with the VAR from that standpoint. So, so Dubs, are you you sure, though, that this was strategic and this is about a, a bigger play and it's not just an angry, angry player post-match, having enough of being hacked down, but damn it, and going off on, on a Twitter feed. Are you sure there's more to it than that?
3: No, I'm not. I'm surmising. I'm speculating. I don't know. No. But I, I, do, I do think that it's, it's speaking to a larger issue. It might be her own personal frustration, but I think I think it's also given that she's on the PA and has frequently been been vocal about player issues and player safety. I think it's about that. It can be about both things but but right. I think there's there's a bigger issue here and i'm I don't disagree with what Craig said about you know it being not being clear and obvious, and that it it probably would not have been a penalty. I don't disagree with you and Jimmy saying she's fucking moaning because I think that she is, but I think it could also be you know that she's she's taking or spearheading an issue about player safety. I think it can be all of those things
1: I mean top players have been hacked and smacked forever though as well it's kind of the territory you live in when you're a top player isn't it you're going to be yeah, a target it's
3: a, it's a tactic 100 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. you want to get those players off their game in any way that you can
1: i, I get love it. them get, i love them getting stuck in to be honest with you <laughs> i think it's great mm-hmm. getting stuck Not, into the star players or the star players getting stuck in on social media well i
2: just just the women's game in general i think it's physical and they and it's mm-hmm. becoming more it's faster and more physical than ever before, and they're you're seeing challenges like that. And yeah, some of them are missed times and, but overall I think it's, uh, I
1: like a good challenge. Is it more physical now than before dubs in the women's game? Would you say or less? Cause men's games less, right? I mean, it needs to be just barbaric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I think overall, because of the, the more parody now in, in the women's game and, and the, the growth in terms of the tactics and and the the technique uh the athleticism remains, but um it it's it's more and more it's 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 great football to to watch right and you can wean was talking about during the world yeah. cup about about the tempo is a really high tempo, but it also gives you a chance to appreciate the game in a different way however, the physicality remains i don't think that ever went away it was maybe ebbs and flows, but now you have these these smaller nations that are coming up. Maybe that's more of of their ploy or their play where they have to get after the star players and they have to try to neutralize them that way because they can't really contend like from a technical standpoint or, you know, just from in terms of just flat out play. But I think across the board, that physicality remains. And it's just an, just as much an importance of the, of the game in, in, in terms of watching women's football and, and appreciating it as the, the rest of those aspects, like the, the technical aspects and the, and the tactics.
0: I think, too, that I think both the men and the women's game, it's, it's changed. Um, it used to be very, very physical. And I think now when you look at the, the play, they're playing on carpets now. The The touch of players is completely different than what it was before. People are are, are more aware of space, how to find a, a few extra yards, whereas back then the pitches were a little bit bobblier. The touch wasn't the best at times. You saw more 50-50s. Challenges were there because of certain plays that happened where parent, players weren't moving. Tactics have changed. There's more space now. So it's not as, not as aggressive as what it was. I mean, the challenges are still there, but not as many as what you used to see back in,
2: mm-hmm. in the early days. Well, how about Brighton in their first, what, four or five games in the Premier League have not taken one long goal kick?
3: Yeah, I saw that. That's insane.
2: That that I would have had a hernia it?
1: by now. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing, though, isn't it? That just shows how they build. And that goal they scored in the weekend was at 30-odd passes from the back. Back, forth, back, forth. Just incredible. The game is changing for the better in that regard. But I do still love a good full-blooded challenge. And I hope we don't lose that from the game. I don't think we will.
0: It's part of it. It's still contact. Mm -hmm. I'll
1: tell you what. I saw Bernadeschi. I I think what the players
2: do now with these challenges, though, is they know that getting the ball isn't enough. So they go to ground, feigning injury, like, oh, it's been – there was too much force applied, and they try to get the referee to give them a foul because, yeah, they got the ball, but there was too much force, you know. You see them feigning injury all the time for that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, but Dubs yeah. was right too when she was talking about the trailing. Like, I remember used my trailing, that when you used to smash somebody.
2: You're mm-hmm. going for yeah. a tackle.
0: First one gets the ball, the second one was going right through them.
2: Yeah, and that was fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Was the best <laughs> until it happens to you. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. What was the worst? Was was the Achilles scrape the worst thing on a regular oh, basis? That's the yeah, most that, painful, right?
3: That hurts. But but I, but I think it was the you know just those those crunching tackles where the back then it was as long as you got a part or a piece of the ball. Any like everything else was sort of fair game as long as you got that touch, whether it was a fifty-fifty or you you got like your toe in whether it was studs up or not, like then it then it was fair. And like Jimmy was saying, then you just did your best to just take as much of the of the player as you could possibly after the fact.
0: Well, there was there was one thing you would say right after, and you would do with your hands and be, "I got the ball."
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
2: And that
0: was, that was good Surgeon enough back
3: then.
0: Mm-hmm. Or you'd say it was your first, <laughs> first challenge. <laughs> that was my first challenge.
3: Yeah. Well, you still see that, right? And that's still given leniency in the game, yeah. right?
0: But, but in, in England, we used to be able to go into a challenge studs up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But if from, you got the ball. In North America, you couldn't do it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I remember coming back playing MLS and I'd go into a challenge and I'd be like, well, your studs are up. And I was like, well, how can I do a challenge without my studs up?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: because they wanted you to go inside sideways rather than straight forward. Yeah, they had to put you
3: in a, in a remedial tackling course at TFC. and do that on side. <laughs> I like, okay, I Jimmy, this is how we do it with their without our studs up.
0: I didn't understand it Took me <laughs> forever to figure it out.
3: Did it throw off your timing?
0: Oh, big time. Yeah. Because you just go in straight studs up, but they'd have to be low. They couldn't be up high. Right. So when you slide in, studs were showing in England all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I remember having a conversation in the middle of a game with the referee, trying to explain to him, how do I go into this challenge to win this ball without my studs actually being shown?
3: <laughs> You're like, no, show me. How yeah. would you do it? <laughs> yeah.
0: I did. I remember the referee's name was Alex. I was having a full-on conversation with him. He's like, you can't do it. I was like, then how do I win that ball?
2: You well, know, you what? have to go Should different be on angle. your feet, son.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm noticing now is like, uh, you know, talking about tackles that, that I didn't want to be on the other end of or ones that I would dole out like where you go through and just try to clatter into the player. Now I find whether it's watching MLS or watching Prem or, or international play, the referees are taking into account what's happening to the player who's been tackled, whether it's a card or not, after the fact, whether that player's injured, whether that player, you know, goes ass over tea kettle, like the, the sort of the, um, the denouement, as it were, of the tackle, right? Like the after effects of the tackle is they're letting that influence their call. Mm-hmm. And it, it's reminding me a little bit of, of hockey, you know, to, make, to, make, to go over and check to see the, the players like pinching his lip to try to make sure he's all bloodied to get Bloody. the four minutes instead of the two minutes, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Is, is the player left on the ice or on the ground and does a stretcher have to come out? And that's the bias or that's influencing the referee's decision. Whether it's that at like on the moment or like rate right at like after the incident and how he's calling that play, or letting that affect how he calls the game after the fact, or he mm-hmm. or she or, or they.
2: One thing I like about that about the one of the hockey rules is the embellishment that, yeah, you may have been tripped, but you embellish to get me to give that penalty, so you're going to get two minutes as well for embellishment.
1: It can be I think both. That,
2: could, that that could that could be the that could play. Uh, a role in football because you see it all the time. It's like, but it's yeah, so okay, you, you, though, your shirt it? was pulled, but your legs left you and you've you embellished, and so you get a yellow card as well, but you never see that. Yeah, did it's you good see, point.
3: Sorry, Sharms, did you see the end of the CF Montreal game when Cincy tied it at the death? So, Sirwa makes a, a rare bad decision. He comes out right on the edge of the 18 um, to punch and he's clearly out of his box, and he fouls the player, and it's given as a pen, and, um, and since he scores, and that's how the, the game ends. But I was wondering, Forrest, your take on that, and I guess it goes back to the refereeing as well, because they didn't go to VAR on it, mm-hmm. and I thought they maybe should have, but those aerial balls where it's maybe unclear about whether or not it's in the 18 or not, like it's not as as clear and obvious as if the tackle's in or outside the box when you can see that line on the field, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what what do you think about that Forrest, when a ref, uh, a keeper's coming out to punch, and it's whether or not you know it's it's a handball or whether or not it's a foul, but it's right on the edge of that eighteen, but the ball's in the air.
2: Yeah, it's a difficult one. I didn't see it, so I don't I don't know exactly what happened. Um, so basically, he's coming for a ball that's really tight to the top of the box to punch it. Yep. And he was, and he was, and he was deemed to be outside the box
3: that he fouled the player.
2: Oh, they fouled the player. Did he get a punch on it first
3: um, or not? Nothing. I'd have to go back and look at it. But it right. was the referee gives it a pen and he doesn't go, doesn't go and take a look at it on VAR.
2: Oh, was it definitely inside the box or would you, would you maybe if they went to VAR decided that it was well, outside that's what the I'm box? I'm
3: saying at least go to VAR, especially on a decision that's going to change the game and one where mm-hmm. maybe you're unsure about whether or not you're in the box or outside the box.
2: Yeah, I guess Barr would have relayed to him that they have a pretty solid conclusion that, that it was inside the box. Mm. Uh, that would be my only guess. Otherwise, it would be you need to come and look at it because
1: it's so tight. We need a decision from you. That'd be my and only Dubs, guess. Think if, about that. If, if you're not sure right now, Dubs, that proves that it wasn't clear and obvious, right? In which case, sure. the referees on field call stands. Or Ideally, that's how it should yeah. be.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I just think when it's w- right around the 18 like that, I'm not saying all of these calls where, you know, there's some gray area should be going to VAR because you don't want to to affect the game that way in terms of the flow. But when it's around the 18 and you're not sure about whether or not it's in, and the call on the field designates one way or the other, should you not be going to check regardless? I know that's what your fourth official is for, but yeah. isn't there an argument to be saying that you can maybe adapt the rule that way, especially if a penalty is going to be given?
1: should have tweeted about it. <laughs> you should have whined in a tweet. But you know what? I mean, but isn't the whole point though to keep the flow of the game going though? And we don't want too many stoppages, do we?
3: No. Well, no, that's uh, and, fair.
1: And they want
2: to let the referees have make decisions that are up to them and don't want to get involved
1: too involved unless it's blatantly obvious, really. I think the issue here is that it was Cincinnati and not Montreal that, that benefited from it. That's the problem here, isn't it? Yeah. That, that would have been a massive
2: games. result for Montreal because Cincinnati are a really good side. I think they've only lost four games this season. So
1: yeah. All these Still late goals. Result. Late goals in every league. We noticed that in the last few weeks, a couple yeah. of weeks, every league, MLS, Internationals, Premier yeah. League. It's crazy the late goals as are happening. Yeah, it's great. I love Nope, 105 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, no no game safe, right? No. You gotta be can't
2: look you gotta again. be you gotta be prepared to play fifteen minutes at the end of any half, which is just yep. crazy. I think that's incredibly high when you, 33% of the actual total playing time and a half, you're gonna
1: But as long as it's consistent. The thing is, they're gonna change back on me. I mean, they always do this. They they come out with these these enforcements, new rules, the start seasons, and then by the end of the campaign, it's gone back to how it was. Happens every season. It's I don't know about this one. I think this is staying.
2: No. I think I think we're going to see this. This is something we're going to see from now on. Lots
1: of the only way it stops it. is when they get it, right? The players get it.
0: Start Whatever happened to the six-second rule for the goalkeeper?
2: Oh, man. Because that is right out the window.
3: Ask Aaron about that yeah, one. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ask John Herbin about that one. Yeah. By the way, can't explain to me. Last time I saw it called. I did cold. know.
3: Was that for us?
2: I said, that's the last time I saw that called was at the Olympics against Canada. It's right. the only time it's been
1: called ever in the history of football.
0: That's
1: right. <laughs> it's of never that. been called apart from that moment. To is, fuck Abby, Canada.
3: is Abby Wombach counting? The six seconds off in that referee's yeah, she, ear. She, is she. that the same as Alex Morgan tweeting?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's shithousery at the highest that's, degree, isn't it?
3: That's yeah. an in person version of the Alex Morgan tweet. tweeting. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, exactly.
2: Good for Wombach, though. Like, if, you know, if you're out there playing and the goalkeepers dwell on a little bit on the ball, good for her to go up and go, hey, if one, two, she's holding on to the ball, like just putting yeah. pressure on the official. And eventually it works, official. right? Yeah. yeah,
3: I fucking hate the call. It was disastrous, yeah. but like, yeah, I don't think you can really falter for it.
2: No, I might yeah, like, get that, raked
3: over the calls for this
0: comment, you, but you got to remember as well, though, when, when that rule first came out, everybody was counting. There was a lot of matches that you were playing where everybody was going, one, two, how many exactly? Yeah. That's 15. Get rid seconds. of it. <laughs> yeah. And you're, everybody's staring at the ref. Mm-hmm. The ref's yeah. like, fucking oh yeah. just kick the ball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I often think Canada getting screwed in that moment w- was more important than had they won the match. Just because the whole country was seething with anger. People that had never watched football before weren't watching that match. It was the States screwing over Canada once again, poor old Canada, but it got this, this conversation in Canada and brought attention to that team. And it was such an important moment, as, as frustrating as it was and how bullshit it was. That yeah. tournament, no one was talking about women's soccer or even men's soccer really that much in Canada at that point, and then Ooh. this happened at the Olympic Games. Yeah, there's
2: some there's something about winning the bronze medal too, about as opposed to losing a final or you know because the silver at that point, but to go out and win the bronze the way they did too under those circumstances, I thought it was just it was yeah it was it was a great storyline and it certainly added to the to the uh, to the story um,
1: with that really bad decision. It's a great yeah. point though. Is it better to lose in the final or win the gold, the the third place game? Exactly. Exactly. What is well, better? There's that,
3: there's that aspect to it, right? That you you win the bronze, but you lose the gold and you end up with mm-hmm. the silver. Yeah. But it's still a But are we the only people in the it? world
1: that remember Canada won a bronze? Are we the only uh, no. only country in the world? You already so you see think England remember Canada winning the bronze in the Olympics in 2000 and 12, whatever it was.
3: Sure, I think so.
1: No. I don't know who won the bronze freaking three months ago.
3: Oh, are you saying England like the England women's team or people who are invested in soccer or like Just a regular people in general. regular couple person people. on the street?
1: Like even like World Cups, even men's women's, I don't care if it's men's or women's. I don't remember who won got bronze medals, generally speaking.
3: No, that's on you. No. Who
1: won <laughs> yeah. the last bronze? I have no idea. It's probably Croatia. U.S.? Yeah. Wait, the men's or women's? I think so. Both. Who won the bronze in the women's?
2: I don't even watch the men's. It's U23. It's a waste of time.
1: It was the
3: U.S., but a World I Cup, think.
1: though. World Cup third place. What oh. What's that, Dubs?
3: Sorry, I who thought we the- were talking about the last women's. Okay, Olympics. the last
1: World Cup, women's World Cup, which you worked on, by the way. Um, who won the bronze?
3: Oh, Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who won the bronze?
3: Um... Oh. Oh. <laughs> wait, well wait. then wait (laughs) australia australia lost
1: that's right they did to who dubs to who (laughs) this is the best moment since you come on the podcast finally you're being shown for the phony that you are
3: (laughs) give me a second we'll come back to it
2: was it the dutch was it See, he there you go. Be
1: right, Forest. I, I think yeah, my point proven. Unless
2: it's you that finishes third and you get the bronze in that country, I think you remember.
1: It. But otherwise, quite clearly not. Oh my god! I do remember Croatia winning in '98 with Davoshuka when they they came through had an incredible World Cup, yes. brilliant, and they won the the bronze. I remember that one just because it was such mm-hmm. a great story, and Shuka was just off the charts. I
2: Who won the did... bronze at the yeah. or
1: bronze? Who won the third place at the men's World Cup in December? Morocco
3: it was Croatia wasn't it
1: it was Morocco against Croatia wasn't it
3: Yep.
1: who won the World Cup (laughs) 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 do you
3: not think there's a difference though between Olympics and World Cups I think there is is there a difference in terms of remembering who won the bronze and maybe the significance of the bronze probably right yeah because there's more emphasis on 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 the podium and and the medals versus the world cup it's the winner and the loser and then the third place match is a bit of an afterthought
1: not that it's obviously too memorable regardless apparently <laughs> i know Are you not figured it out yet <laughs>
3: no i haven't you really did the game probably
1: you Dude, probably I'm called just, the game
3: i'm just really disappointed in myself <laughs> 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 i feel shame
1: well, I let's switch gears had... very quickly here um canada jamaica tonight first yeah. of, of their uh Back to back, Olympic qualifying on the line. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, Dubs. Yeah. Should we be nervous? Yes,
0: this is a I very good Jamaica team, nervous. a lot better than we
1: thought. And on current form, even though Jamaica don't score many goals, um, not a scander. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what, what, what's your, your thoughts ahead of this one tonight?
3: Sweden defeated Australia.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there you go. Sorry. The Swedes, of course. The Swedes, Christ. The Immortals, they call them. <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> no, so I yeah, think... Jamaica,
1: Canada tonight. Give us a little, uh, little concise preview of that one.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's this team and how they, Canada and how they regroup, how they they you know they reframe maybe the World Cup. They they address it. They move on. And Bev was talking about their club environments is almost being therapeutic, and I think you absolutely have to look at it as as that. You know, you you move out of that team environment of the World Cup, which was so disappointing. And you go and you find joy again and you play and you find success and you find your rhythm and you hopefully bring that back to the group. Um, But these are really, really important matches and they they, they can't afford to start poorly or start the same way that they played at at the World Cup. And um, still missing. I mean, the the great thing were the images of of Janine Becky training. So that's wonderful. That that bodes well for this team. Um, Deanne Rose is out. Jade Revere is out. Small knocks. They should be back available for the next windows. But, you know, the fullback position is not very deep. The good news there is Jade Rose, who missed the World Cup um, as a result of, a, of an injury, suffered just sort of in training and she wasn't named to that final roster. She checks back in after doing quite well back in at Harvard. Um, yeah, so I mean, and Sophie's not there. Alicia Chapman is also not there, which affects the fullback depth as well. Um, mm-hmm. And Sophie's, Sophie's a massive piece, and that's. Did she Sophie... officially
1: retire? Officially, officially, officially.
3: Yeah, she I did. don't know what. Yeah, I like the
1: way she plays. I like. No,
3: she's, she's she's tremendous, great. but it's everything. It's about how she plays. The, you know the 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 manner in which she, she's able to deliver a ball. Um, you know, she can play the short game. She can spray the ball. Um, she can do the defensive work. Um, but that's also in the absence of Desi Scott. You know, you, you still don't have that that defensive presence in in the middle of, of the park. And now you're removing Sof as well. So, um, you know, Jamaica's midfield is, is very good as well. And they're going to pose problems for Canada. They're going to stay compact. They're going to stay disciplined. They're going to stay organized. They're going to be really, really tough to break down. And Canada has consistently had issues breaking down these low blocks. Mm-hmm. And the last time Canada plays Jamaica or played Jamaica, they Bunny Shaw wasn't there when they played them in CONCACAF. Mm-hmm. So they're they're in tough. I think they can it's do good. it though. I'm optimistic.
2: It's going to be tough. It definitely is going to be, and it's going to be tight. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a goal either way. I, I, mm-hmm. I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. Do you, I just? It's hard to know. You got to hopefully have some heroes step up and um, finish off some opportunities.
3: Yeah, because they only scored two goals at the World Cup, and one of those was an own goal.
1: Where is yeah. the game being played? Do you know which which ground?
3: No, I'm not sure. It's in Kingston, is it not?
1: Yeah, I Miss, just don't know it, what I'm stadium. Just remember the last time the men played there; it was the pitch was appalling. It yeah. was as bad a pitch as we've seen for the a long time, which will affect long Canada. Long run, yeah. Always, always bad, right? always been bad. bad, right? yeah. always been bad. Remember that Canada game? I think it's nil-nil. It's one of the worst games the World Cup qualifying. It was terrible. Just terrible. Yeah.
2: Good result, though. That was a good result because they came off the back of winning in Mexico, didn't they? Or drawing right. in Mexico. Yeah. Or winning. No, they yeah. drew, yeah. drew uh, yeah. two Two, yeah. two. Yeah, Matt Crepeau played
1: both. Ozo scored. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, Canada's uh, at home for the second leg on Tuesday. Sold out my Field. I really yeah. hope there's lots of Canadian fans. Now, in, in years past, mm. right, it'll be Jamaican heavy, heavy right? But mm-hmm. I've I got a feeling it's going to be Canada heavy, don't you?
3: I think so. I think there'll be pockets of, of Jamaican fans, for sure. I think yeah, there'll be overwhelmingly sure. can, Canadian fans.
1: But there won't be old, the old steel drums won't be brought out by Canada sucker <laughs> like they were once upon a time, right? Right, boys? Oh, God.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, they were great, though. The limbo dancers were amazing. My sister's boyfriend. <laughs> My sister's boyfriend was out there. I was like, holy shit. Anthony. He was like going under like six inches, like doing the limbo. It's like unbelievable.
1: Six inches.
2: (laughs) And the steel bands were going. It was was just terrific. It was terrific. There was 4,000 Jamaicans there. It was great.
1: I wonder were the Canada Soccer's game ops like sitting there with a big smile on their face, saying, "Yeah, we really, really did a great job. <laughs> we no, really they, delivered, guys." I remember, well remember done, coming gang.
0: out of stacks. Remember, was it Trinidad that we played in Edmonton, and we came out of the dressing rooms, and you, you thought you would have thought you were at Caravana <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then remember I the organizers are all happy and they're cheering, and I'm like, "Yeah, are yeah. we home like, on away, way. What is happening here?" I like that. I memory. played a Caravana.
2: There was a Carabana Cup, uh, Canada, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com.
2: And uh during Carabana, and it was yeah, it was nuts. There was I don't know fifteen thousand Jamaicans, and then then Trinidad, and not a handful of Canadian fans there, like usual. But the CSA <laughs> back usual. in the day, they were they were trying to fill Swangard Stadium because they could make a couple bucks, right, and pay for some of the bills, and they didn't care whether it was Jamaicans or Canadians. <laughs>
1: yeah, Jesus, what an association, eh? Like were they were, were they one of the? Well, those kind of moments, the, the low points for playing for Canada, forget results, but those low points when you're at home and the support isn't there and your the actual governing body has encouraged the away team to get the support. It must have just been awful. And uh, it's terrible. You
0: used to come back. I remember you'd come back and then you would, you know, you'd you know—you'd pop off to go see your family and that. And then you'd see a couple of your friends. They're like, why, why are you home? I'm like, because if we have a game tomorrow against Jamaica at Varsity. They're like, what? <laughs> Nobody knew you were playing, no. they had no idea that games matches were on. <laughs> no. And then you play the game and back on the plane. See you later. Yeah, yeah. it was horrible.
2: I played Did one I home
0: play game ever in RC? Canada. What's that? What's
2: that? Played one home game ever in Canada, and that was against Brazil in '94. Other than that, we were outnumbered. By away supporters, every single game didn't matter whether it was—Guatemala, El Salvador, Jamaica, Honduras. Yeah. Remember a few years ago that that game in Montreal? BMO was the sponsors. They handed out blue and white <laughs> blow up clapper <laughs> things, so the stadiums just blue and white everywhere. Honduran fans everywhere. It was just amazing. It was like, what the fuck is going on?
1: I know. Just they crazy. were loud. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's progress, right? I mean, listen, as much as there's lots of bullshit in Canadian football still, unfortunately, at least generally speaking, the fans turn out wearing red at a lot of these games, right? Mm -hmm. If the prices are right. The the, women have always had good support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Is it time to cue Mr. Dickio? What do you say? Should we get some, uh, some footy picks? Are you ready? Jimmy's eyes doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. Okay. Time for the footy picks. Brought to you by What's Tony your eye, Jimmy? Huh? <laughs> What's the update on your eye? Uh, it's still there.
3: They let you yeah. on the 442 set, though. So it can't be that
1: yeah, it's getting, I saw Jimmy yesterday. It's definitely getting better, Jimmy. It's coming down. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
3: it's the ego that's feeding it.
1: <laughs> it's got a pulse still, that's for sure. I know. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> okay, so up. footy picks. Now, really one has um, remotely sent us his his pick uh, from, the, from the toilet. From the <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's going to be Brent a for- pick as well. Yes, Brentford over Everton. Brentford over Everton, minus one twenty one favorites. That's a like see. I thought they're at home they're a great home team. But Brentford over Everton, Everton's at plus three thirty six. Just shows what has happened in there at Everton more than perhaps than that Brentford. Right, it's uh, it's really something. But Brentford once again playing great football. Once again getting results. How long does it before Thomas Frank? I wonder gets. Lured somewhere. He, he's a perfect coach for that team. Maybe he stays there. But at some point, there's going to be a bigger mm-hmm. job opening up. And they're going to look at Thomas Frank. Because what he's done there is just incredible. And you it would did. think more and more clubs will look at the Brentford model of how to build a team and spend he's, no money. He
0: has, he has had some interest from big big clubs, but he's turned it down.
1: So what's he waiting for, do you think?
0: Well, he's in a good spot. Roy.
1: Is he going he to what, do
0: a- uh, what um, what's-his-name did when he left Brighton and went to Chelsea?
1: Ah, that's a good point. I wouldn't give yeah. him the same. But okay, yeah. at what point does a big club look at Brentford and Brighton and the way they go about business? A big club and, and try and follow that model. Or are they, are they expected? Is there pressure on those clubs to spend money on players? And if they stop doing that, it wouldn't be accepted. Well, and their development systems at the
2: big clubs is a lot easier to entice players to come. So Brentford's stuck in the middle of London with all these massive clubs around you have no chance of picking up kids. So they were just like, you know what? Keep your money. They get, I think with the Premier League, give them I think something a million and a half pounds or something like that for their academy. They're like, nah, keep it. We don't want it. We're not going to even have a youth team. What we'll do is we'll look at all the other teams. They can't keep everybody and scout really well and bring in really good characters and have to do it... uh, yeah really well and put a lot of thought into it as opposed to just like Chelsea just signing young players by the gazillions and just hoping eventually one of them will stick or resell them or things like that but it's a it's a tough tough thing i mean even for clubs like smaller clubs like Ipswich Town a good example would be them you know they they used to develop players and back in the 60s 70s and even 80s with the success they had they're all developed and they would play four or five years before terry butcher would get sold before alan brazil got sold before paul mariner got sold before george burley got sold before and it just goes on and on now the kids are being sold at 17 for a million half a million pounds and getting enticed away from Ipswich Town and clubs like that. So it's it's very difficult for them to to hold on to these players and get some use out of them, even for a couple of years before they get sold. Yeah. I think with Brentford as
0: well, I mean, look, what, what's their goal? Just stay in the Premier League. That's are it. They gonna That's win, are they going to win the Premier League year after year with what they're doing and what they're spending? No. Never. never. It's not happening. Never. No. So for the bigger clubs to follow their model, it doesn't really make sense. They want to go out no. and get the best players in the world. And
2: win championships. Brentford just
0: yeah. wants to survive.
2: Yeah. They'll buy, they'll buy Brentford's best player. And yeah, that's what they'll do.
1: Well, I mean, Ivan I mean, Tony's it. being mentioned already. I know he's not playing due to the suspension, but a lot of big clubs in January might be in for him. If Brentford's still playing well and are doing decent at, uh, in January and Tony's returns around the corner, why wouldn't they sell him for, for big money? Because they can clearly play without him.
2: Mm-hmm. Put it yeah, better on it. Cash
1: in. Hmm? Put a bet on it. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds? We should look at that. Maybe look at that next show. What are the odds on Tony, Tony uh, Bet? Uh, <laughs> Ivan Tony's 20, oh, <laughs> there, there. Tony. Oh, Tony Bet. He has Love his it. own company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're doing the uh, players and uh, non players uh, parlay so far. So we've been doing these parlays since the season began. Um, and we are at, we start with $500 in the kitty. We're at $516 having won <laughs> both our parlays last week. Pretty yeah. pretty good boys and girls. <laughs> All right, so JC, you're next uh, for the non-players. at Brentford. What are you thinking? Where are you going? Well, uh, well, and it, you know, when I was looking at a lot of different angles, you
2: know, right? Uh, equilateral, uh, isosceles, acute, um, acute uh, a sweet, uh, salty. <laughs>
4: um
2: i gotta go i gotta go um based on you know how the aesthetics of the world as it is as a whole you know what i mean i'm gonna go i i so essentially i'm gonna i'm going uh i'm gonna go uh, uh brighton okay oh
3: christ that was mine
2: well, maybe you should have gone first,
1: Dubs. That'll teach you. <laughs> I think your angle oh. is
3: obtuse,
1: did I, did I sense some friction between Dubs and JC for the first time ever? No, I, I actually feel really horrible that I just had that out first, Dubs. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. You're taking Brighton. I'm I sorry. I love
3: you the most.
1: Yes. Yes. At least someone does. Everybody. Okay. Does. Where am I going this weekend then to finish off this one? Oh, Villa Brighton. That's, a, that's next week. Sorry. That's next week. That's a great game, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll boot around to a different league. Let's go to some give, name, name a league here. Let's let's name me a different top league. The Estonian league is still Liga Charms. WSL Liga NWSL. Charm, didn't X. you actually San Diego
3: text, Waves playing?
2: Didn't you text out uh, footy picks? Like, have a pick ready? <laughs> I did. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Craig. I did. So while you're looking, I'm going to go Wolves away. I'm going. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, before I'm going to go uh, on Berlin. It. Union Berlin, um, who lost in their first Champions League game this past week, but they played really well against Real Madrid. It's plus money. They're at home. Good story. And then Union Berlin, I like that one. All right. So, so Craig, just settle down. So our non-player parlay comes in at plus four forty-five. Brentford to win, Brighton to win, Union Berlin. So a five-dollar bet makes us. A mean $27.25 on tonybet.ca. Please bet. Thank you very much. All right. Um, by the way, supporters club, please let me know, let us know through Twitter what uh, your your parlay is for this weekend. Um, to our players now, Craig, yes, Craig, where are you going? What our supporters keep pl- picking Chelsea? That's the problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh Luton at home,
1: losing to Wolves. Okay. Yeah. Plus money on the road for Wolves, plus one twenty-five. A smart mm-hmm. bet. I don't see Luton getting any points at all this season. Which would be kinda yeah. cool, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, this one worries me a little bit because Wolves aren't great, but but they're yeah. not bad. They're not bad. Um well, Dubs. Are.
3: I'm gonna go <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to go Newcastle over Sheffield United.
1: Okay. Magpies over Sheffield United. Good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's find this here. Where is it? Where the hell is it? There we go. All right. Newcastle over Sheffield United. Minus 217. Newcastle are paying here. So big favorites in this one. And uh, Jimmy's
2: got a look. Jimmy's got a Man City look on his face.
0: (laughs) No, I'm going to go completely... (laughs) Different. I'm going to go Liga MX.
3: Mm. And I'm going
0: to take Santos Laguna to beat Nekaxa. Mm. Santos okay. are at home.
1: Decent little football inside. Fancy them. Santos Laguna. I'm trying to find this. Okay, over Necaxa. So minus 166 faves in this one. Okay. So that parlay, pretty decent parlay too. That's Wolves, Newcastle, and Santos Laguna. On Tony bet, you parlay those together, you got plus 4.26. So $5 will pay $26.30. Right.
3: Take it. All right. it I
1: All like right. it. We're building the casket for Craig. Or maybe it's Wonger's casket, given the diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might They're have building? to vote on the, on the Deadpool because Wonger might be leading it. Take, he yeah. might
2: have overtaken me.
3: Let's build him a wooden diaper. <laughs> we, can maybe, we can maybe fund that.
2: Yeah, get a few splinters in his ass.
1: <laughs> oh, wandering anyway, diapers. That would be something else. It would, it would be something else. That is for sure. Just perfect timing, Craig, because we're professionals here to bring in our guest. <laughs> As promised, it is the man behind HFX Wanderers, a man who had a very, very big week presenting plans for a new permanent stadium in Halifax. Derek Martin joins us. Derek, welcome to 40 Prime. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks
4: for the invite. It's uh, quite an honor to be invited on to this, uh, this podcast. I don't I'm know glad about that, that, but...
0: <laughs> uh, that's, what
4: Jim, that's what Jimmy told me. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And you still owe me a pint. Yes, I do. <laughs> I can't believe uh, we're doing this at 9 o'clock in the morning.
1: No, it's all good. It's all good, mate. Listen, um, thanks for joining us. What a week it's been for HFX Wanderers. Um, you reveal plans for a new permanent stadium, eight thousand five hundred capacity. First of all, before we get into the whole, you know, nuance around it, um, can you can you break down the process to, to get to this point? Obviously, you've been playing out of a, a temporary stadium up until now. It's been a huge success. I mean, the images look incredible on One Soccer. Um, i haven't been out there yet we we plan to at some point for sure um but the yeah, the process to get from that to the, these new plans
4: sure and yeah we'd love to have you guys come out and uh maybe film uh, an episode from the grounds uh hopefully hopefully at a playoff game uh if if everything works out for this year but you know this has been a a long process uh you know jimmy was there from the beginning on this you know the halifax has had this uh, incredibly frustrating uh, cycle of debate around a stadium for as long as I can remember, uh, you know, driven by the CFL. But you know, the fact of the matter is, we don't have one, and we haven't had one. Uh, and you know, I think for us, uh, when the opportunity with the CPL came up, uh, the Wanderers grounds was sitting empty. It's this amazing uh, piece of uh, infrastructure right in the heart of the city. It has all the elements that. Are needed, in my opinion, to be successful with the professional sports uh, organization, and uh, we decided to to kind of put our money where our mouth was. And instead of continuing this ongoing debate of, you know, we think this can work, we think this can work, we think this can work, we wanted to prove it would work. So, you know, we we put up a, a pop up stadium and and we went the temporary route just to prove uh, to the powers that be in the city in the province that. You know, this would solve, in my opinion, the stadium dilemma for Halifax. It was right sized. It was in the right location. Uh, I really mm-hmm. felt at the time that uh, and still feel today that, you know, even though Halifax is growing at a great rate and it's a wonderful city for those of you that have been here. Um, we're not that big yet. You know, we're we're not ready, I think, uh, to sustain a CFL team. But. You know, for the CPL at this stage, it was in where you know five, six, seven thousand fans allows you to uh, kind of be viable and and work. It was the right opportunity, uh, and it's uh, certainly for a city like Halifax. It's growing uh, and adding twenty thousand people a year, and and adding a much a much more diverse uh, population today than it was five, six, seven, eight years ago. You know, soccer is the right thing because it's uh, it's much more. Um, accessible and and the people that are moving here know that sport and understand it it makes them feel comfortable uh in a new city so you know all of those factors led to us you know thinking it was the right idea we had a three-year plan uh a little thing called covid kind of got in the way of that three-year plan and you know after year one we were shut down and you know, didn't have a chance to kind of keep proving that uh, we thought it would work when we weren't allowed to bring people into the stadium. But, you know, here we are now, six years later, and the time has come for us to say, hey, you know, we did our part. Uh, we've invested a pretty significant amount of money to to prove a point and to have this temporary stadium there. Um, as 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 romantic as it is and as great as the images are, um, you know, Jimmy can attest the uh, the locker rooms and the the amenities there are 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 a little bit wanting. Uh although we do have we do have running water in the locker rooms now, so so that that does help. <laughs> Um, but, but it's certainly not an appropriate facility, uh, for, for either our teams in the CPL or, uh, you know, we've, we've made tons of overtures to, uh, Canada soccer to bring some of the national teams here. Um, and, and we're just not, uh, we're not at a level that is appropriate, um, for where we want to get to and what I think the city of Halifax deserves so you know here we are and we, we we made it uh, public last week and you know obviously shared the presentation on our website and you know made sure everybody could see what we were saying and, and make it all, all as transparent as possible and you know we we think we've made a very reasonable uh, pragmatic uh, appropriate uh, suggestion to the city uh, we're willing to contribute we're willing to be a part of it uh, we're willing to pay for a, a portion of it. Uh, but this is really about solving the, the stadium dilemma in Halifax, uh, with a willing partner and, uh, we'll, we'll see the the, politics is an interesting business and it's, uh, it's going to take some time and it's going to go through some ups and downs. But, uh, you know, initially I think the feedback has been quite positive, um, that, that people do get that this is, you know, probably our best
2: chance to get something done. How optimistic are you, Derek?
4: Well, I'm an optimist by nature. You know, I I got into this crazy (laughs) CPL world, so I I, I had to believe, uh, you can't say I'm a pessimist. but listen i i think, I I, think- I, by the way
0: derek it, it's not like he's he's a he stacks it's not like he's going to turn around and go well we've done all that work and now nah, i don't think it's going to fucking happen yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd, be, I'd be probably the stupidest person uh, in the world that.
4: But, uh I, i'm optimistic i i think we again have uh, gone through the process correctly we've you know communicated we've been consistent we've uh, proven things uh that we said we thought were true we haven't just asked for blind faith um from folks i i, I if we if this can't work then i honestly don't know if it will ever work in halifax uh to, to have a, a stadium it's just um finally the right time and I think the right situation for us to, to make the leap. And uh, it's never, it's never a good time. You know, there's always issues. Uh, every city in the world is, you know, always facing tons of pressure on, on lots of things that need money. Um, but, but this is just one of those pieces of a growing city that, you know, we think uh, we've got some support to, to
1: make it happen. Now, like in any, you know, stadium, situation you see it around the world you know there's always going to be groups opposing for whatever reason right and it's no different in halifax um who there is a group there opposing the, the location which i mean listen know nothing about this i mean what a bunch of dickheads there's always people out there complaining and whining and they want to cause a problem wherever you go it's just so frustrating um do these does this group have much leverage much pull in your opinion
4: uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it is a, a civic right to have an opinion. And, you know, every taxpayer deserves a chance to have their opinion known. I think, you know, what we have in Halifax, which is I'm sure exists in every other municipality. Um, you know, there's there's groups of people who uh, wish to protect, uh, you know, the areas that they live. And, you know, they, they perhaps purchased uh, a, a property when it was nice and quiet. And, there wasn't much around and then when that changes uh that changes kind of their opinion of of their place that they're uh, living but you know it's it's one of uh one of the issues that we'll work through uh they're entitled to their opinion i think their their argument is fundamentally flawed uh, and i've said that to them and i've said it to anyone that asks uh, the Wanderers grounds has been a stadium in halifax since the 1800s uh the only reason why it wasn't a stadium uh six years ago and you know really hasn't been a place that was uh, used for that purpose for the last 30 years or so is because it fell into a state of disrepair and nobody paid attention to it so you know all we've tried to do is return it to its state as the outdoor gathering place in the city of Halifax and you know I think we've done that uh, I, I think it's uh, without a doubt the best location uh, in the city of Halifax to have it and You know, there's no legislation, there's no, uh, there's nothing that is, gives uh, any credence to the argument that this group is making, that there shouldn't be a stadium there. It's, uh, it's been already settled uh, by the city. That's why they originally leased us the opportunity to put our stands up. Uh, They dealt with this six years ago. And it's just uh, noise at the moment to try to distract from, you know, the, 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 the main issue at hand, which is, you know, should we, should we be investing in this as a city or not?
0: Right. Yeah. But when I think when you look at it as well, and you know, they're talking about the noise complaints, and you, you've got what say roughly 14, 15 home games. Yeah. Throughout 365 days. Yeah. And I don't understand what the big issue is. And I mean, for me, when, when I see a stadium like that that you're putting together, it's not going to be solely just for the Halifax Wanderers. it's going to be community as well, which other sports and concerts. And so the whole community can actually enjoy this stadium. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, we're at
4: a, as I mentioned, the city's growing at an exponential rate. And, you know, when you're growing, you need more uh, recreational facilities. So the idea that uh, all the youth soccer players in in Halifax and on the peninsula, we have one indoor field uh, to service a city of what's now over 500,000 people. Yeah. So, you know, you guys know what it's like in Toronto. You've got multiple facilities that, uh, you know, folks can go to and keep working on you know, if, if they love field sports and they're not hockey players and they want to do something in the wintertime in Canada, you know, you need indoor uh, field facilities. And, you know, that's that's one other aspect of this is that, you know, by by putting in the turf, which is you know a bit of a contentious issue. But yeah. unfortunately, it's the reality of where we live and, and being in Canada and our unique situation in Halifax. It certainly services the needs of the community in a much better way than, yeah. you know, leaving a grass which we'd all love every you know the grass is awesome it's 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 magic it's it's amazing for the players it's amazing for the fans it's awesome uh but it's it's problematic um yeah. and uh you know sometimes in in this world you got to make some choices that are tough but uh i, th- I think that's the better choice and the
0: bigger picture for yeah. you know making this a, a truly community facility yeah i think some people forget as well that what a stadium does bring is that yes it brings events but it it also helps the local businesses because of that location it's right downtown all the bars all the restaurants shops everything's right around there so the the local community businesses actually thrive from this coming into the community
4: yeah absolutely it's uh you know and, and we we really lacked in Halifax any summer uh, sports and entertainment options. You know, we, we yeah. do a good job in the wintertime. We've got a great arena downtown, seats 10,000 people, Scotia Bank Centre. Uh, it's got the Halifax Mooseheads Junior Hockey. It's got the Halifax Thunderbirds Professional Lacrosse. You know, they're doing concerts all the time. They're doing a great job of, you know, bringing people out and giving people entertainment, and that's filling up the bars and the restaurants and the hotels. And, you know, for so long, there was nothing in the summertime that did the same thing. So, you know, we've been able to fill that void um, and help uh, help all those businesses who are you know contributing a lot to the coffers of the city uh you know keep keep their businesses uh thriving they should start a petition <laughs> that's what they should be doing help you out well they've all signed uh letters of support um you know we submitted mm. that as part of our presentation last week we had uh yeah. you know and we, we they were the first 25 we asked all agreed to send letters i'm sure we could get you know 75 more um but it's uh You know, it gets a little frustrating because this just does feel like a bit of a no brainer. But uh, but, you know, you just have to do you do you have to keep working through the process. Yeah.
2: Derek, how long or if this doesn't work out, can you stay as you are? Can the status quo with the stadium being temporary? Can you can you live with this or is this something that you have to have?
4: Yeah, I listen, we're you know, I said this in the presentation. We're not here to make threats, you know, we're not at it just, we're not we're not an NFL team that's gonna, you know, say, Hey, if you don't build us a new stadium, we're moving to, you know, another city of millions of people that are gonna build us one. But we're we're a part of the community here, you know, we've got an amazing fan group. Um we've we've got something special going in Halifax with this team. So mm-hmm. Could we keep going? Yes, you know, we could keep going in this current setup. Uh, we can keep renting bleachers. We can keep, you know, having portable toilets. Uh, yes. Um, but that's not what we should be doing. And and it's not what yeah. I think the city uh, needs to be doing. So I'm really hopeful that, you know, we're on a path here with the city uh, to have some good dialogue, great discussions, uh, move this forward quickly um you know they do you know most municipalities move pretty slowly so we we're, we're going to need to uh you know we lit a fire under them a bit to to with a with a timeline that was very aggressive to just say hey we really need to get this figured out um and and you know again I'm an optimist uh, we're we we've burnt the boats here we're we're all in on trying to make this work at the Wanderers grounds and you know if for whatever reason it doesn't then we'll have some tough uh tough choices to make and some you know
0: interesting uh, decisions and discussions to have now what about on on the pitch you guys are playing some very very good football what a great game that was the other night against yeah Ottawa I don't know and and, and if any of you guys saw that match the ending was ridiculous Mm -hmm. what a match that was you must be extremely excited the way the team is performing right now and how they're playing yeah they 've exceeded
4: uh you know our expectations for this year it's uh It was tough you know we we had some struggles the last couple of years and you know stephen Hart uh, was an, is an amazing man and great coach and uh you know toughest thing i 've had to do obviously in in this job was to uh, you know have that conversation with him about uh, changing gears and uh, moving moving forward but with patrice you know he 's really injected a amazing energy uh, into the club and um you know brought in a, a group of players that not only are talented but you know have really all bought into his style and and the approach that he wants to play and we've had a few bumps in the road you know we started with like, seven draws in a row i think uh at the start of the season but you know even in that there were glimpses of of uh you know hope and and saying geez the fact that we're actually drawing all of these games on the road when traditionally we've really struggled." Uh, traveling away from the Wanderers grounds uh, gave us some, you know, good uh, a, a good inkling, I think, on what was to come. And you know, they really turned it around in the middle of the season. We had a bit of a, a bit of a bump there with uh, a couple of losses uh, to York and to Calgary at home, which were tough. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch them, you know, come together as a team. And you know, they're playing an exciting, you know, really nice to watch brand of football, which you know, I think our fans certainly appreciate. And even though there's a few losses in the season, it's it's been a lot of uh, fun to, to watch them grow. And a couple of players have just, you know, I think uh, really, really stepped up and, and done an amazing job. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. Three games left. It's been a great season. Uh I can't believe we're still here three games to go and we're, you know, we we could finish second or we could miss the playoffs. It's a it's a wild (laughs) uh, it's a wild situation. So tough game, uh, tough game against Vancouver coming up uh, tomorrow. And and then uh, our final home game against Forge uh, the week after that. And then we'll probably have a much clearer idea on where we where where we where we sit and where we might end up.
1: Yeah, up to fourth on the table at the moment. It's been a, a great campaign, great story as well. And, you know, comparing it to Toronto FC, that first year at Toronto FC, the first few years, it was a great party. That's why the fans came for the party. And then they they learned about the sport. They became sophisticated fans. Are, are you noticing that in Halifax now as well? I mean, it's a great party. There's no doubt about that. But are, the, are these football fans becoming just that football fans and, and learning the nuances of the game?
4: A hundred percent. It's been really interesting to watch. And, uh, I would say that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, we, we started out as an event, you know, I'm an event guy by, by trade. Uh, You know, we tried to create a bunch of events that people could have a lot of fun at. Uh, you know, there's a giant beer garden, the patio, there's the kitchen. It's, it's about having fun. And, you know, I still think that's really important, especially for all of us as we grow soccer in the country. Um, you need to bring in people who might not love the game yet, but just uh, are looking for a really fun experience. And then as we've seen, as you just said, they do grow to love the game once they get into it. And I'm I'm one of those people, too. You know, I've I've not been shy about saying I didn't play this sport growing up. I was the other football um uh, it took me a while to kind of appreciate it, but now that I now that I've been watching so much, and you know, I've kind of had a, a, a crash course in uh, watching a ton of soccer over the last few years. You know, once you understand the nuances and the little games within the game, it becomes a fascinating sport to 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 study. And the fact that it can change so quickly, and uh, you know, teams that maybe are are not as strong as the other team, but they can just play a style that allows them to wait and kind of hunker down and then strike back. And and it's, it's really just the drama. Like we saw the other night when the Ottawa game is it's, it's amazing. So, you know, we have seen it, our fans now, you can hear it in the stadium, you know, when I, uh, you know, I, I, I used this example a few weeks ago, but I remember there was a play where Dan Nimick, uh, you know, made this really subtle defensive play to kind of just step in front of a guy and stop it. And our whole stadium kind of cheered and, and, (laughs) and, and went up and, and that wouldn't have happened five years ago because they would be like, Oh, what, what did he do? He just, he didn't do anything, but now they kind of understand, you know, the, the, the two steps ahead type of plays that uh, change could potentially change a game. And uh,
1: that's been cool to watch. Well, Derek, it's been one of the success stories of CPL so far. Um, you need a stadium. Hopefully you're going to get a stadium permanent. Um, it's the right thing because Halifax, let's be honest, needs uh, a stadium. Thank you so much for this. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll yeah. have you back on, I hope, in, in the very near future.
4: Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time to chat and uh, best of luck. Thanks so thanks, much, Derek. Man.
1: Take care. See you guys. That is Derek Martin. Uh Owner, president, Halifax Wanderers. It is a great story, guys. Um, you, you just watch the images each week in, in the CPL. I mean, Jimmy, yeah. you've been there, you've coached against them. Yeah, you know it's what it's great. like there, right? That's a proper Honestly. football crowd, it feels like. Yeah,
0: I'm telling you now, if anybody can take a little road trip and go watch a, a football match, head out to Halifax. The location's amazing. It's right right in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, they got some great bars and restaurants, and you walk walk up on over the hill, and there's this great little Stadium. That's uh that's really, really cool. And it's a it's a great place to play at. Great place to watch a game. And they've done a terrific job there. You know, Derek's done, worked ever so hard to to get it where it is today. And he's in a position now where he can, you know, present a, a stadium. So it's uh it's great to see what they've done out there. It's
2: amazing. It's interesting as well. He's an events guy and he understands it and uh it's uh, you don't need to know football to be able to be successful at setting something up and they've got it. They've nailed it. And I think that's what everybody's really needs, you know, to set that up to where it's, it is a party and a, and a soccer game breaks out. If that's the way it is, that's the way it has to be. But yep. make it a yep. really fun time to go out and in, in location is everything. Look at MLS, the ones where, that were short sighted, you know, Chicago building way out of Chicago in a really bad area where you can't leave the area like you can't get a taxi cab out of there and it's just very difficult Philadelphia is way out too even though they got a decent side it's like not a good, good location but look at Toronto FC's great location bars are close by you create that culture and it's a it's a it's hard to do I guess because you you need to be in that right spot and in Halifax they need to be there and it's a great location yeah. but they're obviously getting some fight back
0: Yeah. But that's, that's the thing too. And you know, some people don't realize our, our sports an urban sport, you need to be right in the mix. You need to be around the restaurants and bars. Everybody goes in packs, socializes, marches over to the game. American football is a little bit different where they like to tailgate and then they'll drive Mm -hmm. anywhere to watch the games where our sport around the world, it's, it's gotta be in the city. It's gotta be vibrant. It's Mm -hmm. gotta be happening.
1: And that's what makes it work. Well, you look at some of those great grounds in, in England, right? Uh, and you see the aerial shots and there's literally that's you on, on residential streets and across the road is the the ticket gate, right? It's or across it's amazing the garden. Yeah, like exactly, Luton. right? Yeah. What is it? the right chance? Somebody's backyard. We can see you in the bath. In Kenilworth Road of the first game this year, there were chants, oh, I think from the opposing team saying, We can see you having a bath. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you having a bath because they can look yeah. into the windows of the house opposite the ground and some guys yeah. having a bath. Oh, we see raid right in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, listen, we're out of time. Uh, so, yeah, Derek, uh, Martin, thank you so much and really good luck with the rest of the season. You know, CPL has been, been on the pitch, I think, success for sure. And uh, it's good to get fresh, fresh faces in there, another team doing something. So uh, it'd be great to see them mm-hmm. in the playoffs for sure. Uh, all CPL games, by the way, you can catch on Fubo. TV and you can still subscribe to FuboTv.com slash footy prime. You can save at the moment as well to get all your your CPL and your Premier League from England, the other Premier League at the moment as well. Uh dub's had the jump, unfortunately. She's got uh other duties. But uh Craig, Jimmy, JC, thank you so much. Wonga, we're thinking of you. Uh <laughs> if you do need help to get up from the can, just give us a call and Craig yep. will be right there.
2: Yeah, won't be <laughs> out.
1: not even the, light, All right. the sun hasn't come up yet. It's still dark. Crazy <laughs> Vancouver, by the way. And it's bloody early. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday for this, Justin. We'll recap the weekend games, and then, of course, on Monday on One Soccer. Stay tuned to our social feeds. we be asking you some questions, and we want your feedback regarding some bloody juicy topics for Monday's show on One Soccer. All right. Keep buying newspapers and cheers. Very much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footyprime IG. Must have nice done fellas. That's a great show.